Hi, JJ here with The Art of Value. Well, Joel Greenblatt, one of the greatest investors of our time, of all time, he got over 50% compounding for well over a decade and he's not done yet. He gave an interview recently where he talked about investing, what value investing means to him, and the opportunity that he sees for value investing the way that he does it in the coming period. He thinks it's going to way outperform the market. So he explains what he's doing. The interview was with ETF Think Tank, and I'm going to leave a link to the full interview in the description. But right now we're going to look at a clip of what Joel Greenblatt says about how investing is fun to him and how also it's important. Investing is really a fun career. It's like solving puzzles all the time, which is a lot of fun, but you know, we're not saving lives and everyone, I think to some degree needs to understand some investing because you know everyone tries to earn a living and it would be nice to know what to do with that money and you have to save for the future. And so I think it's important to everyone and it's important to know what you do know and don't know and keep learning. I wanted to start with that because I think it's a really good description of it being like a puzzle. Investing is like a puzzle and it's fun, but it is important because everybody wants financial security and we need to, we save money, but we also need to invest it. So I think that's a really apt description of investing. So let's see what else he has to say. This time he gets asked about what a value stock or what value investing is to him. Our definition of value is figure out what it's worth. Uh, pay less. I'm just going to cut in here for a quick second because I think that's a really great definition as well. Work out what it's worth and pay less. That is what value investing is in one short sentence. Okay, let's go on. Cheap is based on valuing a business. It incorporates growth. It incorporates all the elements of what goes into what are the cash flows you're going to get for the next 30, 40 years, which has to incorporate growth. It incorporates the risk of whether those earnings are going to show up or not. That's your discount rate to figure out whether it's going to show. So all those things are incorporated in valuing a business. And so think on our definition of value investing is merely value a business. That's what stocks are. Try to pay less than it's worth. On And we try to do it in a bucket. We try to be right on average. So we used to be very selective and have very concentrated portfolios and do deep dives on everything. Now we're sort of in the insurance business on average, trying to do a great job and buying a bucket of stocks that are going to work out over time. And both ways of making money are great. And, you know, they're both full-time jobs. So we've shifted more to running a big research team with a big tech team that balances risk and goes long short and just takes advantage of our valuations. Okay, there's Joel's longer definition, but also he explains how he invests. When he talked about owning being focused in the past, owning just a very small group of stocks, that's similar to what Buffett did in the beginning. Years ago, he used to be very concentrated, very, very focused, maybe five stocks sometimes or less, but definitely under 10, do a lot of analysis, work out what it's worth and pay less. And that's how he got that 50% compounding. But now he works with a lot more money, which is Buffett has said, the more money that you have, the, the harder it is to earn a good return. So the way that he does it now, he has, has a big research team, which we can't do as individual investors, retail investors. He's got a huge team and they analyze the basically the whole S&P 500 and every stock and kind of have a big bucket. It's not concentrated far from it. He's changed with the amount of money that he's investing. Obviously, when you, when you're making when you make 50 percent compounding a lot of people want to give you money to invest so he does it a little bit differently now so next he talks a bit more about how they go about valuing companies it involves being like a private investor buying the whole company so ownership shares of companies valuing the company as a whole he starts talking about the value investing in relation to momentum investing how it's so different and that he thinks value is the better way to go russell or morningstar have a particular definition and it may involve low price book low price sales and those are merely metrics and, and don't really mean anything to me to be honest 
stocks are ownership shares of businesses that we value and try to buy at a discount. Like we're private equity investors and no private equity investor will go buy a whole business because it's selling at a low price to book ratio or low price to sales ratio or because, you know, momentum was really good this year. Just imagine if I came to you with a real estate investment strategy that says, yeah, I'm just going to buy all the houses that went up the most last year. You know, hopefully you throw me out of your office. So again, he reiterates that stocks are ownership shares of businesses, not bits of paper. And they're not, we don't just buy them because they're going up. Some people do. Momentum investors, he thinks value is the better way to go. And he starts to explain that. You could have been right for a decade playing that strategy, but ultimately proven wrong. Yeah, I agree. I'm just, just well, no, I mean, I, I, I look at it this way. Stocks are not pieces of paper that bounce around that you put put sharp ratios and Sortinos on their ownership shares of businesses that you buy, uh, you value and, and try to buy at a, a reasonable or good price. Uh, and companies are valued based on their cash flows over time. What are, what are the cash flows and what are they expected to be on a normalized basis? What are they expected to grow? And that's all value is. And so if you value something and try to buy it at a discount, that's what I call value investing. Uh, growth is a component of value. So, you know, the way Wall Street divides all these categories up mean not that much to me. He also talks about how growth is a component of value, which Buffett has talked about before, talking about growth and value are joined at the hip. There's really no such thing as value stocks or growth stocks. Growth is part of value. So you have to value when you're valuing a business, you value that growth as part of it. So that's important to him. A lot of people kind of miss that, that just talk about this bucket of value stocks where they're not really talking about value investing, they're talking about something different. So I think this next bit's an important, he talks about momentum specifically. Momentum has done better than value over the last decade. We could say not maybe for the last year or so, so much, but for the last decade, people have just rode the momentum of bull market. But he's, he says, what if it doesn't work for the next few years? What if it doesn't work for five years? What then? You just left with valuing the company. What's the fundamental? What are the fundamentals of the company? What's the company worth? That is value investing to him. Work out what it's worth. Pay less. Uh, but to answer your question about momentum, let's say, uh, and, and I agree, momentum has worked for 30, 40 years. You know, just say so we have decent data about it, not just in this country, but across the globe. Maybe one or two exceptions it hasn't worked, but it works over time. I'm not arguing that point. The point I would argue is that uh, what if it didn't work? Over the next couple of years, it could be that it's, you know, it works over the long term. You just have to be patient and, you know, hang in there uh, if it didn't work in the next two years. Or it could be that, you know, a lot of people know about momentum. It's a crowded and, and degraded trade. And that's why it doesn't work over the next two years. Two years from now, I would know the answer to that question. However, uh, if I am actually valuing companies uh, like someone who's buying the whole company based on cash flows and that didn't work for the next two years, I'm not going to stop doing it. That's what stocks are their ownership shares of businesses that we value and try to buy at a discount so i'm going to stick with my guns because that's what stocks are and i made a promise to my students first day of class every year of 23 years i said if you do good valuation work i guarantee the market will agree with you i just never tell them when you know it could be <laughs> two weeks could be a few years whatever uh it might be but the market eventually gets it right you know anything that's uncertain eventually becomes more certain you know the the right answer comes out over time and you know it's it's crisscrossing with value it's not necessarily going to stay there and exact value and what is value and obviously the future is uncertain but uh the market will recognize if you do a good job of valuing businesses the market will recognize that value uh within a reasonable amount of time you know hopefully 
you know, a big chunk of the time in the next two, three years. Sometimes you have to wait three to five, but that's generally correct. I've heard him say some of this before about teaching the students at Columbia Business School, the intellectual home of value investing for a long time since Ben Graham, Warren Buffett. But he's worked there and he tells the students that if you do good valuation work, you'll be rewarded by the market, but he doesn't tell you when. So he talks about the importance of being patient. Sometimes they have to be patient for a long time, talking about momentum working better over the last decade or more but he's being patient. He says that the market will recognize your valuation if it's correct in two to three years, sometimes three to five. And when you think about it, how many people in the last, say, decade or last five years have been willing to wait to kind of get paid to be right? Three to five years. People are often impatient. They're not willing to wait that long, say, two, three years. If it's not happening after three years, if your stock that you've chosen isn't doing well, how many people are willing to wait up to five years for it to take off or to be paid for that valuation work. And now he starts talking about the value opportunity that he sees right now in value investing over the next few years, how it's such a great opportunity. Very good. In fact, listen to what he says. How do you see the opportunity in value investing right now? Yeah, it's, it's, it's really just starting. Yeah, this is, if, if you're looking at your screen, this is uh, the website gotham.com. And we just put this up a few days ago, and this is sort of giving away over $50 million worth of uh, research and construction, you know, in this. And it it's actually telling us where the, we think the market is now based on past history. This is a chart. It's a research portfolio constructed the same way for 30 years. And what we're trying to do effectively is look at the 1,400 largest stocks and buy a, a portfolio so that our position weighted averages, we have about the least expensive 20%. Of names. That's really what this portfolio, uh, this research portfolio is designed to do. It has seven or 800 names, but they're not equally weighted. They're weighted towards the cheapest one. And so it has, it's effectively trying to capture the 20% of the cheapest names. It's updated daily. It's not that the value of businesses change daily, but prices do. So the relationship between price and value changes daily, and it's always skewing towards the cheapest 20%. So that graph is showing the average two-year forward return is 61%. So he's seeing that it's a very good opportunity. And this is in comparison to history. They've got data going back to 1990. He thinks it's a very good opportunity. It's gone down a little bit since he made this video, which is about a week or more, a week or two old. It's like in the 50s now. And because the market's gone up a bit, quite a lot in some for some stocks. But still, he sees the opportunity for the, the cheapest 20% of stocks. And he's talking about good quality stocks, not kind of junk as he's they've analyzed them, his research team has analyzed them. So the cheapest 20% he think have got a very good opportunity over the coming years. Right today, what it says is over the last 30 years, we're in the 92nd percentile towards cheap, meaning the market for the 20% cheapest stocks. If you created the same portfolio out of the 1400 largest in the same way and valued stocks in the same way, given our research team and everything else for the last 30 years, right now we're in the 92nd percentile towards cheap over those 30 years. We call it the Gotham yield, but it's the free cash flow yield the way we uh, constructed, but we did it the same way over the last 30 years. It's approximately 14% today, meaning we get a 14% free cash flow yield relative to the all-in cost, the enterprise value of the business, meaning the all-in cost of buying the stock plus the debt that you assume when you're buying the stock, pretty similar to the way a private equity firm would invest. And so we can construct this very diversified portfolio of hundreds of names with a position-weighted earnings yield, you know, cash flow yield of 14%. We've only been able to do this 8% of the time over the last 30 years. And when we've been here, the two-year forward return has averaged approximately 61%. Again, he says this for this portfolio of hundreds of names, and they look at hundreds, not just a focused few, like some value investors and like he used to do but he says it's in the 92nd percentile towards cheap which is historically a very good forward opportunity 
61% as this graph shows it when he showed it then at that time. Very good opportunity for value investors for, or for his particular folio. If you're getting value out of this episode so far and watching on YouTube, please hit that like button to help with the algorithm to spread it to more people. To give you an idea how that compares to the S&P, the S&P's uh, constructed the same way according to our metrics in the 28th percentile towards expensive. And when it's been here in the past, two-year forward returns have averaged 17%, subnormal, but not negative. So, you know, 61% for the value opportunity, the way we constructed it, 17% for the S&P. And that's not a prediction. That's saying when we've been able to construct these portfolios before, this is what's happened over the next two years. So importantly, he compares it to the S&P 500 index doing it the same way. He says that it's in the 28th percentile towards expensive in comparison to that value opportunity and that means the forward returns are about 17% rather than that 61 or now in the in the late 50s so quite a big disparity between value and the S&P 500 index as a whole so the opportunity looks good to him and this is one of the greatest investors of all time so he's worth listening to about this i think just my opinion and my answer to those who say you know things don't look so good right now the fed is raising rates we're about to hit a recession of course you're able to construct a portfolio that's fairly cheap and i would say every time over the last 30 years we've been in the 92nd percentile it's looked at least as this bad so it always looks bad when you're able to buy them this cheap so he answers this question about the macro saying that things look so bad of course you can buy stocks cheap and he says that whenever in the past it's been in the 92nd percentile like this, it's always looked bad. The economy or the macro situation has always looked bad. So that's a part of value investing. Go in when uh, the house is burning down and buy then when everybody else is running away. So he's saying that the macro economy looks bad. It always looks bad like in 2008 nine and when the market bottomed in the economy looked terrible things looked terrible he's saying that's a it's just, the opportunity is good it's not a reason to hold back from buying cheap stocks in that 20 percentage of cheapest good quality stocks anyway i'm very excited about the value opportunities my bottom line there's a huge dichotomy i'm not saying it's like you know what happened to us in 98 99 where we're losing money everybody's making money and then in 2000 you know it reversed completely but i am saying it does rhyme I'm saying there's a huge dichotomy between the way we perceive value and what the market is is paying for. So next he gives a caveat about it getting cheaper, saying just because it's in the 92nd percentile towards cheap doesn't mean it can't get a lot cheaper still. He gives the example of March 2009, that cheapest part of the market in the last bear, big bear market in the global financial crisis got to the 100th percentile. So just because it's in the 92nd, there could be another big washout. It could get really, really cheap. So you could go in and buy and it could get cheaper. So you've got to be prepared for that. He's prepared for that and it could happen. Uh, if I were investing in the stock market, value is an amazing opportunity right now, you know, uh, 92nd percentile. But let me give you a caveat. That is saying that on March 2nd, 2009, our Gotham yield, which is now 14%, got to 24%. So that's the difference between 92nd percentile and 100th percentile. Oh, that's the cheapest they ever got. Okay. The two year forward return from there was 178%. So you probably shouldn't be making 90% a year. You know, the pendulum of the market got very cheap. And all I'm saying is the distance between the 92nd and the 99th or 100th percentile is huge. And you would be losing, you know, another 30, 40%. And now the market, the pendulum swung. When it got there, of course, you made 178% over the next two years. So for me telling you that we're in the 92nd percentile and the average return over the next two years from our research, based on our research, is 61%. If you can close your eyes for two years on average, that's what's going to happen. And that doesn't mean it's not going to fall 30% from here. And that is the rub. And that's the great news for people like us. The last man standing will be time arbitrage, meaning patience. And patience is in short supply because everyone is looking to make money in the next year or two. And I'm just being patient 
you know, us at Go- you know, our strategy at Gotham is to be patient, just value the companies, you know, where it's going to be trading two, three, four, or five years out. Just take a little longer horizon than other people. And I'm not saying it won't fall 20, 30% from here if market wants to go even more crazy uh, on the downside. I'm saying, you know, historically over the next couple of years, uh, you know, if you constructed a diversified portfolio of our definition of value, uh, at least based on past history, we have a great opportunity set. And, you know, uh, we're excited about it. That's all. There you go. He says he's excited about the coming value opportunity more than he has been for a long time. So in this interview here, also talked about a couple of the books that he's written, really good books. I've read them and they're excellent. I'm going to leave a referral link in the description. Thanks very much. If you use those, I get a little bit of commission on that from Amazon. My first book was You Can Be a Stock Market Genius. Not you too can be a stock market genius. That would be conceited, but everyone calls it that. <laughs> you can be a stock market genius. I wrote that in 1997, and that was about uh, value and special situation investing. I wrote a book called The Little Book That Beats the Market in 2005. The Little Book That Still Beats the Market came out in 2010. I also wrote a book called The Big Secret for the Small Investor that uh, no one bought. And uh, I wrote another book in 2020. Um, so Still Beat the Market came out uh, a while ago, and it just updated the data from uh, the first book. Uh, it talked about some of the, the further research that we did. You Can Be a Stock Market Genius is aimed kind of at a master's level student. He realized that and the books are kind of progressively aimed at sort of more beginner investors to help with some of the concepts and value and how to get paid by the market. They're really worth reading. So I'm gonna leave that link for you. So if you've got this far in the video, maybe consider subscribing on YouTube if you're watching on YouTube or in your favorite podcast app, and I'll see you again. Thanks for listening or watching.